This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. Attorney General Austin Knudsen is warning Montanans who may be donating to relief efforts in Ukraine to take precautions to ensure they support legitimate charities. He said it is very likely that scammers will set up fake operations to take advantage of those attempting to help the people of Ukraine during this time. When conducting a charity scam, scammers will typically call or email stating they're seeking a donation for what may sound like a well-known charity or current event, like the war in Ukraine. Scammers will oftentimes put pressure on prospective donors to donate immediately and refuse to provide details on the charity and how the money will be spent. In some instances, the scammers may try to confuse the consumer by thanking them for a pledge they don't remember making. The most common forms of donations charity scammers will ask for are cash, courier, money wires, or cryptocurrency. Quote, Unfortunately, scammers are always ready to use the latest crisis to try to take advantage of Montanans' goodwill. We have no reason to think the war in Ukraine will be any different, according to Attorney General Knudsen. Keep the signs of scams in mind. Always do your research before donating so that your money goes to the right place and contact our Office of Consumer Protection if you suspect a scam. As multiple groups challenge changes to Montana's voting laws in court, several groups have called on key experts to outline in detail how the new laws disenfranchise Native voters, including hundreds of pages of documents in court filings that tell a comprehensive, systematic history of leaving American Indians in Montana behind. Yellowstone County District Judge Michael Moses is hearing the legal challenge in which three different groups, including the American Civil Liberties Union, are arguing that laws passed by the 2021 legislature are illegal because they interfere with the right to vote and impact communities of color disproportionately. The testimony and evidence introduced into the court spans several hundred pages and challenges the state's changes to Election Day registration, that's same-day registration, where voters can register and vote on Election Day. Montana lawmakers opted to change the law closing Election Day registration, pushing it to the Monday before Election Day. Changes to Montana law also strike down most ballot collection, sometimes known as harvesting, by critics. A Yellowstone County judge struck down similar provisions that the 2000 legislature approved, arguing the changes disenfranchised many Native communities. Lawmakers passed similar bills in 2021, claiming they had corrected legally objectionable portions. Expert witnesses pointed out that Native voters must often travel twice as far as other Montana voters just to access their post office boxes, and often those boxes are shared by multiple tribal members, which makes it difficult to guarantee access to the ballot. Moreover, they claim that Indian communities are often situated much further away 
from the county election office and their counterparts in Montana, which already puts them at a disadvantage. Because of the long distances, many struggle with reliable transportation or fuel to get the county offices to vote. Finally, tribal members living on one of Montana's seven reservations also have less access to Internet and broadband, meaning they're also less likely to understand the changes to state law. One of the experts who filed testimony and research with the court is Alexander Street, an associate professor of political science at Carroll College in Helena. Street found that natives living on reservations used election day registration at a higher rate than those living off the reservation. Street's research also led him to conclude that, quote, on-reservation voters were more likely to have their ballots rejected for reasons that could have been prevented by experienced ballot collectors, end quote. Street also demonstrated that while voters living off the reservation had nearly identical voter turnout in 2020 as in 2016, the rates fell significantly after lawmakers had implemented laws restricting ballot collection. Daniel McCool, a professor emeritus of political science at the University of Utah, has spent his entire career studying Native Americans and political participation. He wrote the book Native Vote, American Indians, the Voting Rights Act, and the Right to Vote. McCool has written 10 books, 27 articles, and 19 book chapters on the subject. McCool examined more than 300 sources of information and came to the conclusion that House Bill 176 and House Bill 530, quote, will make it harder for people to vote. Both laws targeted diminuations of freedoms associated with elections. Each law deprives citizens of an option that is helpful to Native American voters. An analysis of alleged benefits of the law to reduce fraud and increase election integrity finds no support for such a claim. McCool's report details the socioeconomic barriers that Native Americans face and often translates into problems with the polls. For example, Native Americans tend to have 19 times higher rates of having no indoor plumbing than Anglo households, and nearly half the homes do not have access to reliable water. That housing instability can lead to problems because Native Americans often change physical addresses or rely on shared post office boxes. Moreover, only 8% of the nation as a whole is without broadband coverage. That number rises to 35% on reservations. He said why election day registration, that's EDR, is so important is that, quote, it converts two processes, registration and voting, into one act. Otherwise, it requires two separate trips, which, because of distance and personal finance, may be too much of an obstacle. Quote, there's no evidence that EDR in any of these states has led to voter fraud, according to McCool. He adds that most Native Americans have to drive double to triple the distance just to register to vote. Quote, that means the poorest people in the country have to drive the furthest to get to the county courthouse, end quote. Moreover, much of mail delivery on reservations is slowed, 
or the office service has limited hours, quote, many reservation homes do not have physical addresses, and the Postal Service does not deliver mail to those homes. McCool continued, many Native people do not have home mail delivery and must use a post office box that may be a considerable distance from their home. McCool gave an example of the convoluted process of mail delivery. He referred to an example from the Fort Belknap Indian community, quote, tribal members who get their mail through post office boxes in Lodgepole have to use the address Lodgepole Route, then their box number followed in Montana, which is in Phillips County. However, the locations of their residences are in Blaine County. Apart from Montana, no state has withdrawn Election Day registration after voters had already come to rely upon it, according to McCool. A non-native fish that was recently caught just outside the north entrance of Yellowstone National Park has officials with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks concerned. An angler reportedly caught a smallmouth bass on the Gardner River at its confluence with the Yellowstone River. Smallmouth bass are not native to the upper Yellowstone, and wildlife officials are worried that their presence may pose threats to populations of fish that are native to the region. FWP said, as of now, it's unclear how the smallmouth bass arrived in the upper Yellowstone, and FWP reminds anglers it's illegal for people to move live fish from one body of water to another without prior authorization from Montana FWP. According to FWP, one of the FWP primary management goals in this area is to protect native Yellowstone cutthroat trout. They spawn in tributaries and upper reaches of the Yellowstone River. An established population of invasive smallmouth bass could occupy the same area, preying on and displacing trout and other native fish. FWP staff are preparing a proposed emergency rule for the Fish and Wildlife Commission to consider, which could require anglers to kill and report any smallmouth bass caught in the upper Yellowstone River. Until any proposed rules can be implemented, anglers are asked to voluntarily kill, remove, and document any smallmouth bass caught in the Yellowstone River and its tributaries between Springdale Fishing Access east of Livingston upstream to Yellowstone National Park's boundary and provide them to FWP for testing. The Montana Districting and Apportionment Commission has set a timeline for redrawing the state's legislative districts for the 2024 election, though the commission members have conceded that a series of bureaucratic snags have slowed their intended pace. The commission will begin looking at proposed maps in June, after the primaries, and will hold three Zoom and four in-person public hearings on the maps between the final weeks of August and September. The meetings will be divided by region of the state, with at least one taking place on a Native American reservation. The holdup has to do with two secondary objectives that the Commission has identified as requisites to drawing the legislative maps. First, addressing the phenomenon known as prison gerrymandering by reallocating incarcerated people 
to their last known home rather than the jail or prison to which they're confined. Secondly, conducting a demographic analysis of residents in certain areas to check for compliance with the Voting Rights Act. That's a process known in redistricting circles as, as racial block voting analysis. Staff informed the commissioners that a committee had selected a firm to do the prison reallocation work, but some of the contract language is still being negotiated. The firm doing the analysis, Blockwell Consulting, has also had to wait for an exemption from state workers' compensation laws from the Department of Labor and Industry, and that can only be processed by mail. As for the racial block analysis, the commission is still waiting to hear from the Procurement Bureau on its recommendation for that contract. That work may not be done until summer. The commission must submit maps for legislative review by the 10th day of the 2023 session. With oil prices surging, Montana Petroleum Association says oil wells are going back online in the Bakken oil fields, but the lack of personnel and a shortage of supplies is providing a challenge to the industry. Quote, we are scrambling to find good employees, and at the same time, we're still on the hunt for equipment. That's according to Executive Director Alan Olson. When oil prices fell due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Montana Petroleum Association says their member companies were forced to let employees go. Now, with oil prices rising rapidly, it's been a challenge to hire new employees because of record low employment numbers in the state. In addition, items such as well casings, production tubing, workover rigs, and oil rigs are a lot harder to acquire because of supply shortages. Corey Stapleton has announced via Twitter that he's testing the waters to run for President of the United States in 2024. Stapleton is a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy and a former Montana Secretary of State. Recently, he released an album of country music. He's launching an exploratory committee called Testing the Waters and said in his press release, we need new leaders. A Sanders County man has been fined over $9,600 and will lose his hunting, fishing, and trapping privileges for 54 months after he pleaded guilty to nine misdemeanor, misdemeanor hunting violations, including unlawful hunting of black bears over bait and unlawful killing of an elk out of season. Montana is a member of the Interstate Wildlife Violator Compact, and as a result, his hunting privileges are suspended now in 47 states. Alfred Toby Bridges pleaded guilty in Sanders County District Court. The charges came after a year-long investigation. Bridges pleaded guilty to two counts of killing black bears over bait, two counts of unlawful possession of those black bears, and one count of killing a cow elk after the season ended. Also, one count of unlawful possession of that elk, one count of loan and transfer of a license 
for a whitetail buck he shot using another individual's license and one count of taking an over-limit buck as he had already shot a buck during the 2020 season. Bridges pleaded not guilty to two additional charges related to a third black bear shot over bait. He has failed to appear on those two charges, and multiple warrants have been issued for his arrest. Former Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Director Martha Williams has been sworn in as Director of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. She was sworn in by Secretary of the Imperial Deb Halland. Williams had been serving as Principal Deputy Director of Fish and Wildlife since January 20th of 2021, exercising the authority of the director. Three now-dead cougars have found their way onto Flathead Lake's Wild Horse Island and have reduced the bighorn sheep population to as low as 35. It's the lowest sheep count on the island in at least 20 years, according to Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. About 130 sheep were tallied on the island park in 2019. All told, three adult mountain lions either swam to the island or accessed its shores via ice bridges. They appeared to have killed some 70 of the vulnerable bighorns before being killed by local wildlife officials over the past two months. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces in 24 countries on six continents. We will also post the texts of today's stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.